dude, absolutely. <laughs> Do we just want to start? I Let's start, start, yeah. Just... All right. Hi, Kim. How you sleeping? I don't know how to start it. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey Chris and Alex. Hi, Kimothy. Hey, how you hi. sleeping? How, oh. how are you? Are you recording? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. Is that what you guys first... I did listen to your podcast. Yeah, how you sleeping. How you sleeping, Chris? Um... Sleeping so so, you yeah. It's all it's it's, it's going to be the same every time. I'm, I I sleep. Chris has the weirdest sleep. I haven't had acid reflux nor heartburn in. All like, right, here here here's comes our guest. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, Domino's obviously better than Pizza Hut. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How you Pop? doing? Good morning. I'm putting the finishing touches on it on an egg. Oh, monster wow. tomato ciabatta. Did you say monster? Yeah, I did. Oh my word. That is cheese heaven it's right there. Ge- it's a gentle buttery cheese. <laughs> God, can you describe everything uh, that's yes. going on in your life with such articulate... <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, I have to. It's like my job. I suppose, yeah. I just got to stay in practice with other things besides stand-up comedy, so I'm describing <laughs> ciabattas. <laughs> Uh, well, hello, Beth Stelling. Good morning to me. Can't believe I'm so nice. I'm very angry. It's so <laughs> early. <laughs> are Are you in an RV or are you in a hotel? Where are you in so the world? I'm, I'm finally back um, in my home, and uh, I'm in my kitchen. So, um, yeah, I'm in, in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. I do yeah. have... A couple of questions right off the top here. About the RV? About, yeah. <laughs> Specifically, is it a winter? But it was very fun. It's like a vacation, but with, with errands. Yeah. You know, like if you're if you're in an RV, you have chores to do. Yeah. Oh, I thought so. you had an RV full of guys named Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I had an RV full of, of my friends and one of them named Susie. And she, if we didn't have her, life would have fallen apart. Oh, so she was like handling everything. Anyway, sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, so I was curious. It's it's super interesting now to see people instead of doing these radio circuits and uh, te- like TV spots on on uh, talk shows, um, to see that people now tour to do podcasts. Right. Is is that a, a weird feeling? Like, did you promote the old school way with with radio and things like that? Yeah, I did. Um, and I, you know, I guess I'm trying to think of the last time, last radio spot I did, probably Portland Helium. I did radio for, and that was in uh, the water will stop in a second. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, I guess Portland Helium. I always do like their morning PV and radio when I'm doing the club, and um, so I still do that. But now, now that this is all happening. We have the pandemic and stuff. Yeah. Podcasts are like, I guess how I'm even promoting the special. Which is odd. Cause that's got to feel, I would imagine more comfortable in the sense that like, there's no shtick. Like with radio, there was kind of these personas that they had to play up for their usual morning radio. Yeah, you would give them prompts sometimes. It depends. Like usually, you know, they do the research and they're ready, but you know, a lot of the old school radio guys, it's like, give me three prompts and I'll lead you in. So, you know, it's like, so you're from Ohio, right? And they are the <laughs> land of the Cabbage Patch Doll. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Is that you're like, real? what? And then you tell your story about um, your cabbage patch doll. Yeah. Um, I didn't do any research at all. How do, your last name is Stealing, is that right? It's Stealing with S T E L. Oh, you know what? The connection's breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Now podcasts are it, and I—I I mean, I've always hated podcasts uh, from the very beginning. I had such bad experiences on them that's, in Chicago. That's huge. Glad we're learning that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had—I've obviously had to pivot into liking them. But I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, what we're seeing now, of course, with like some of these guys getting in trouble, it's like the pod, like it's like podcasts are fucking the record. Like the tapes were running so long, they forgot the tapes were running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got a little too comfortable. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I think I've always found, I've always found podcasts. Like I said, like even my first ones, I was terrified why because i was a stand-up comic that controlled what came out of my mouth and when it was recorded right and i would do that on stage the only time i record all my sets but i'm saying like for public consumption i'm not going to say something that i wouldn't regret or isn't finished so to come on my podcast and just let me disarm you and get you to say some weird shit (laughs) that was not what i was into I mean, I straight up, wa- I remember walking out of one in Chicago because it was like, they were trying to be like shock jockey. And I was uh, like, bye. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here. I mean, that was an extreme. Now, of course, I've, I'm, I I look at it a little differently, but still it's like, ugh, yeah, I, I think I use the term correctly. The tapes, the record. Yeah. yeah what's on sure. the record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's been running for so long. They just forgot that everything they say is going to public. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I just... I don't know. Um, now, so I am still careful. It's not like I, I'm in pr- behind closed doors saying awful things, but it's just like, say, say you do say one thing you regret or whatever. It's a conversation. It just, it, to me, it makes you always feel like you have to be perfect, which I already feel. So that's why I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's just added pressure to. Yeah, be more. But of course, conversations are fun too. Sorry, as I um, interrupt you. <laughs> well, that's, that's how conversations go, though. So it's okay. No, I. I are mean, you guys ready for my monologue? Because I want to keep talking. Please do. <laughs> well, and I think that's really interesting because you and your mother's uh, podcast. Yeah. You guys have such wonderful voices to listen to. Like I, I don't know if that sounds Aww. weird or not, but like you have I'm such so a perfect podcast voice, like your cadence and your mom as well. I listened to your no, episode with you. um, Maria Bamford's mom. Which yeah, was just, that was our very first one. Oh, it's just delightful, man. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that because honestly, you know, I never hosted a podcast for aforementioned reasons of my of my previous monologue, and <laughs> um, I knew I want. I was like, I would like to do one. I just didn't want to bother my friends, and so I came up with that idea. And then I called my mom and I was like, do you want to do it? And as you, I think you heard on the podcast, she was like, what's a podcast? She actually said yes first. And then she goes, what's a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, so then we did it and she's been enjoying it because she's in retirement. My mom and I have always been close. We have a special bond, me and my mom and my sisters, my two older sisters. And so like, to be honest, yeah, I, I, I haven't. I'm not saying I don't like that episode or anything, but it's like, we have no experience. <laughs> That's just us like trying to do our best and figure it out. So I well, think as we go, it definitely gets better. And, um, 
now we're in season two and we've recorded with some, some other really great people, people's moms. Yeah. And, um, I'm trying to think we had, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> two, um, season two has two episodes where the kids asked if they could come on with their moms oh. and we just said, sure. So that'll be fun. That is cool. Well, one thing yeah. I wanted to say about the, your, your show in particular too, is like, it's so digestible because it's a completely new angle to podcasting, which I wanted to make sure I mentioned. I mean, it's like, how often do you get exposure to the creator of the person that you follow? And, um, you know, it's just like really cool insight, like with Maria's mom, especially like also the, the animated graphics that you guys did for that were so awesome, but it just, you know, I mean, Maria is such a, a, a unique personality. So to like hear where she came from, uh, right. was, was really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I commend you for the angle that you're taking with it. Well, thank you. Yeah. She's like a living legend. Yeah. I love Maria. It's so cool that I get to be around some of these, um, people that are just, you know, like, I guess if you told me that I would get to be around and work with and, you know, know some of these comics, it's just would have blown my mind when I first started mm-hmm. like Maria and Sarah and, just those two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads perfectly into the next question. Since uh, Maria spent uh, a lot of time in Minnesota, I'm um, I'm curious as to why you chose to film the special in in because yeah, we're what from Minnesota. Because <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, yeah. we are a Minnesota-based podcast. I love that. Yeah. Um. Well, I hadn't been in to Minneapolis, and like you know, often as you're touring, you um hit a city pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're on a roll, if you're building a new act, um, I mean, you know, sometimes you might take off, but anyway, so I had done Acme for the first time. I think after my, let me think here, I guess in probably 2017 after my Netflix half hour. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember if I, it's a, it's a mix between me either not getting asked back to Acme cause I pissed Lewis off <laughs> or I, or I, said I would do 10,000 laughs and that pissed Lewis off. I don't know, but, the, but I, but I'm banned from Acme. Um, well, so I, I mean, not the worst thing. Yeah. It's, right. Right. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're okay. So while I was there, and by the way, I, I think like, you know, I've, I've changed and grown even in the last three years about what I'm able to speak up about and say like, Oh, Hey, guess what? This is not cool. Like when you're a comic, you tour and you say yes to everything. Right. Mm-hmm. For so many years. So when you finally get in a position of power, like headliner or, you know, your own hour special or stuff, I've personally found and learned that it's difficult for me to step into that position. I mean, power position is a, I guess, a sort of vague way to put it, but you know, like I didn't take kindly to that. So it's not like I, I was like, uh, this is what I need in my green room and these are the features and this person's not right for this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh, so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. This, uh, yes, there is a hair in my food, but it was delicious. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah. So I, that's like the attitude. And so when I had this host at Acme, that was totally inappropriate, like drunk or something. I I don't do drugs. So like I've dated people that do them and I can't figure it out uh, why it's not working. And, um, and then you're like, well, I'm a cool guy. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Talk to you later. Um, so I don't know the signs. I don't know what, it makes me feel like a a dumb grandma, but I'm guessing he was just like drunk or something. And then maybe drugs. I have no clue, but he was like out of his mind and couldn't get my intro right. 
and my name is Beth Stone and I don't really ask you to like, I don't need you to say like 14 credits. Like, I just need you to be like, Cody and Kimmel, Beth Stone, like whatever. <laughs> just say that. Yeah. So like the fact that he couldn't get it right and he would go over his time. It's not even like a respect thing with me. Like you respect me and you don't go over your time. It's like, no one wants to hear from you, bitch. Like you, like, don't yeah. you know that? Like as a host, you for sure suck. So please hurry up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> so, and that's, that was not true. There's some good hosts out there. And my point being, it's usually like oddly in America, host is like the novice. Whereas yeah. in places like the UK, host is like a genius because they're smart over there. And they know that yeah. the show should start like in command. Anyway, so uh, let me just say, because that was a little mean. I've had some really wonderful hosts. Okay. So, <laughs> um good. I'm particularly speaking about this experience. Well, anyway, you're totally right, though, because the host, like initially, was meant just to introduce the the feature act and and the uh, the headliner. Yes. And yeah. with the the advent of like open mic scenes kind of being more connected, we open micers mm-hmm. look at that as like, oh, this is our opportunity. This is our chance. What if this comic? Mm-hmm. What if the headliner likes me and then I get to go on tour? And so, like, there's this whole. You can get a big head for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it also can completely deflate your ego, which is yes. The, I mean, there's two sides to every coin. I've had yeah. hosting gigs where I just absolutely bombed, but the rest of the show went well. And so there's kind of that moment where you're like, okay, like the audience it was me. Well, yeah, I'm like yeah, exactly. But also you're like, okay, the the goal as the host is to make sure the the feature and the headliner have a good set. Yeah. So like. As long as I did that, I did my job. Who cares if I bombed, you know? So Yeah. Kind of. I used to open for Jesslyn, like, and he'd say, like, and I would be nervous that his gods would hate me for whatever. I think everyone's going to hate me, so. <laughs> I, uh, he was like, I don't, he said, you can go out there and kill and you can bomb and it doesn't matter to me at all because I'm still going to do what I do. Yeah, which is great advice. But yeah, I think, like, I don't think I'm, point being, I don't think I mentioned this to Lewis, like, and I probably should have. Like, hey, oh. this guy, blank, blank. Instead, I said it to like Cy, my friend, Amundsen, who's in Minneapolis. So like instead I said to Cy or like when Carmen Lynch asked like how the time, my time was there, I was like, oh, blankety blank, make sure you don't get this guy, Earl or whatever his name was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't so, think Earl uh, works there anymore. No. Yeah. He, I don't think he does either. And it, this is he's not meant a bad to like. person. So. Well, there you go. I, this is not meant to like take down someone. You know what I no, mean? But like. Guns blazing. Let's it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like that. And I don't have, I, I really don't often have like experiences like that. You know what I mean? Like sure. clubs typically run pretty clean. Uh, I mean, not clean, but I meant like a uh, well, well yeah, oiled. Smoothly. And, um, and so, yeah, that was really the only bad part of the experience. I wasn't treated poorly by Lewis or anybody or anything like that. And the crowds were great. So like, I know, excuse me, that was a weird burp. <laughs> I know that, I know that Minneapolis has great crowds and I have friends there. Oh, like a couple of my, my friends um, I've known over the years through either Chicago coffee scene or like the music scene writers over there, like ended up coming to my special taping too, but I've just been friends with them over the years is my point. So like, I like going there. Um, like Steve Marsh is one of the writers I know there, Amy Speckian. Anyway, the point is I like it there. And the crowds are good. And then I d- can't remember if I wasn't asked back or I said yes to 10,000 laughs festival. The point being the next time I went back was 10,000 laughs. Another great experience. 
I was like on the rebuild of material and the crowd was just so freaking great. And I wasn't even like good on what it, it wasn't as good as it was going to be, obviously. Sure. And, and then I still didn't get asked back and it'd been like three years. So I was like, I'm going to go to Minneapolis and tape my special. Not as like a fuck you to Lewis, just like I need to go back because it's been years. You know yeah. what I mean? So. And that was at Varsity, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the set on the special is different than I've seen for other specials that were recorded at Varsity, yeah. which was really cool. I mean, it was, you're, yeah, I, I don't know if, you know, That's Hannibal Burris. What's that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. You keep going. Well, I was what just about? gonna say Hannibal recorded his there also, um, and it was just a plain blue curtain, and he was up on the stage. And yours was a far more um, intimate, I feel like, setup. Yes. Which that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it just made it so much more. I mean, you. I mean, in your crowd work was far more. You could tell how how easily you were relating with them. That w- that's one of yeah. the things that I feel like in a in an intimate setting is like that's a huge piece is to have the crowd like right there and you were also the the whatever those giant circular lights are I mean they're called yeah. lights oh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever those luminescent yeah. bright moons but how did wh- you get the moon in there <laughs> uh, but yeah it was just accented really well I mean it was it's a it was a weirdly I don't know if this is the right uh, adjective but it was like warm. You know, like yes. it just kind of. All I kept saying was warm and cozy. Yeah. And that's what I want it to be. And I need to be close to the audience. I need to be like a club stage. Like, you know, I'm, this is to each their own, but, you know, this is my first hour special for HBO Max and their first hour special. Yeah. <laughs> and, which is um, so cool. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And um, to me, you know, I think producers and stuff are often like our special big crowd. And I'm like, I have been performing for 13 years in clubs and for, for sure in theaters when I opened for Sarah or Mike Birbiglia, Silverman or Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. And so it's like, I have those experiences and they're lovely, but my experience when I'm with my crowd is a club and it's about 300 ish people. Right. We're all do a small venue of about anywhere from one to 300 people, like a small rock venue. If I'm in like whatever city, like Seattle. So it's like, I don't want to do my one big thing to capture the thing that I do in a place that I'm not familiar with. Like I'm not going to perform for 900 people when it's not a fear thing. It's like a, it's a energy exchange thing. And I'm not going to be high up on a stage because I hate that. When I'm high up on a stage, I squat the whole show Ah. for the most part. Like I'll get down. Right. Right. Well, and how else are you going to nux Jeremy? Exactly. It's like, I don't, I need to be close. So if I was on tour preparing this special, most people who came to saw me, see me, they saw me on a higher stage than I was squatting or I stepped down into the crowd and stood in front of the stage like in Salem. Well, and I noticed, I know that venue pretty well. And there were, there's, multiple options where you could have come from behind the stage instead but you chose mm-hmm. to walk through the crowd which i that that automatically gets people so excited yes it, it was fun to be back there waiting and people turning and looking at me like what are you doing with us 
<laughs> the lion is out of the cage and amongst the yes, people. Yes, exactly. The kitty's on the prowl. <laughs> but I think, like, as much as I say it was hard for me to, like, take control because it's hard to know what you want when you haven't been asked what you want. You know, mm-hmm. going back to even, like, with the Earl stuff, it's like, in the future, I will say, like, I just know how to, like, you know, stand up for myself better or just say what I need better. You right. know, like, hey, Lewis, this isn't working out. No hard feelings. I need a new host. Like, yeah. that's that. Yeah. Then we wouldn't be dealing with this, whatever you want to call it, drama. So it's like, <laughs> if I could have just said, if I could have just said what I needed, then that would have been better. And that's not even that many years ago. What, three, four years ago? Whenever it was. Yeah. So it's just like, with my special... I was like, I will not go higher. My stage has to be 24 inches, which again, is that a diva thing or am I just saying what I need? So they built the stage for me and um, put it 24 inches in front of the big stage. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was going to say it's bullshit that like, because I've been, because I I did a lot of concert photography. So I've Mm -hmm. heard, you know, stage hands and things like that complain about, uh, way more a female lead or a female yeah. in the band than they ever do about any other band member. It's like there's this weird connotation that like if you're speaking up for yourself, that means you're an asshole, which is insane. Right. But when these other yeah. guys do it, it's just like, oh man, he's so hardcore. Right. You always hear that old adage, or not adage, that old, um, I don't know if it's wife still or not, but like, and he wanted this many M&Ms, but only the green ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, Isn't that cool? And it's like, no, that's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. What do you mean? For yeah. sure. Actually, you know, so, oh, go ahead. No, you. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Holy cow. All right. Let's everybody buckle up. Uh, so. Just because we were talking about the special, one thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned was like, it's so linear. uh, It almost feels like a stream of consciousness. And I mean that in the best way. It's, I don't feel like I'm being dragged from topic to topic. Like I've watched it twice now, uh, once by myself and once with my fiance, who uh, I think would be disappointed if I didn't tell you that uh, she, you are her very favorite comedian, like by a long Aww. shot and she's like you should ask her to come to our wedding and i was like you're <laughs> insane uh, she's anyway like, and honestly like if she wanted to step into your part like that would be cool honey it's like maybe i can marry her <laughs> it will take a lot of pressure off my back for sure yeah but uh anyway so one thing yeah so it's so linear and and like i said it's like a stream of consciousness consciousness so i was just wondering like you know, I've put together 20 minutes before and it's assembly yeah. of five minute sets or three minute sets from mics I've done or showcases or whatever. How did you put together an hour that was so tightly wound without, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, did you, did you start straight up like, here's the hour I'm doing and then just work that material? Or did you have pieces that you realized fit really well together? I'm just interested right. to, to hear the craft behind it. Yeah. So this was like, so my, uh, my last special came out 2017 in July, I guess that was, if I'm not mistaken, filmed it in February of that year. Oh, so yeah. I have over the last three years, I've been on the road, but not on the road like a normal full-time stand-up comic. I was writing on different shows. I wrote on that. I was on set punch-up for all summer on Good Boys, the movie that came out last mm-hmm. summer. I was um, writing for season three of The Last OG. 
I was doing punch up on other movies. So like my time was spent sometimes in a writer's room and I was either allowed to leave or, you know, trying to manage both. So that being said, it's kind of like, I worked on this three years. If I was a full-time comic without writing, uh, would I be, would I've gotten it done sooner? Is, is that's just one point I want to make? Po- it, the answer is possibly, but also, I don't know. I work kind of slow. I'm, I'm, I've never been the comic that has to like get up five times in the night and I just never have. So I'm, I'm definitely kind of like, I'm not slow. Like I'm, I like to think of, I don't want to say that about myself because I do feel like I try to write a lot of material, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I guess the, the opportunities I did have to tour, um, I would use them to work, work. I guess I'm trying to think about the early days. So let's get real. The early days, I'm trying to remember, like Boston probably um, comes to mind because it's not that I ate shit, but it didn't feel good. And it was like fall of 2017. So people saw my Netflix half and want to come see me. And I'm thinking the way that my mind works, I've always been like this because one of my first things when I first started was like, I'll never repeat material. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I really thought that. So when these people come to see me after my Netflix half, I'm obsessed with giving them a new show. Right. And that new show is no, there's no possible way it's going to be good. So again, these people are excited to see me, but I'm doing all new and it's not going to be good because there's no way I can perform a perfect new 45. Right. And as a headliner, you're supposed to do 45. I never, I've always heard, of course, again, like the stories of like this girl came and she didn't have the amount of time she got off early. So like, I've never gone under 45. But to work an hour on the road is, without being famous, is a feat. It's difficult. It's difficult. The, 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 the jump from 45 to an hour is difficult. So that didn't come until later. So I'm building the new hour and I'm like clickety clack, 44, 59, good night. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm over here like just trying to make it to 45 with new. And I was dating a comic at the time and just because I refused to be happy. And he was, <laughs> he was giving me, uh, we were talking about it. And I was like, oh, it felt like shit. And he's like, well, are you doing all new? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you can't, you have to play some of the hits. And he, and he was hundred percent right. And so I forget that, you know, you, people do come to see you and they do want to hear the old. And to me, it's like a fucking, it's dead to me usually. Why? Because unfortunately our little community has taught you that i don't know who started it but it's like do an hour scrap it and it's kind of like yeah you don't want to be the guy who's doing the same freaking hour for 17 years yeah but like people do want to hear weary bones and i (laughs) don't remember it (laughs) you know what i mean like i straight up don't remember it i wrote it right it's from like so it's just like it's it's a balancing act so this is a really long answer but the point is you have like, this is for me to remember too. This next year, and now we're in a pandemic. So what the fuck does anything mean? But like this next year, if we weren't in one would be rough. Cause yeah. I'm having to like start it over. So it depends on when you see a comic. If you saw me in Boston, you'd be like, her special was good, but Ugh. you know, like are <laughs> yeah. we love her, but eh. And if you saw me in Seattle in March, you'd be like, this chick rocks. It's like, yeah, I'm about to put this on HBO Max. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so it depends on when you see a comic and the way that I made it. I mean, I lot, there's a lot of great jokes that aren't in that I wrote this year. So I'll have to pick up those pieces and start 
new. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to think. Uh, Garrick Bernard worked with me. He's a comic in LA and he writes for Lower Deck, Star Trek Lower Deck. Oh, yeah. And he texted me. He texted me like, um, because he worked with me in Atlanta along the way, like the road to this hour. And he was, of course, you know, he's very kind. And he reminded me, he's like, dude, you were, <laughs> this hour opened with your, what your closers were. And I don't remember that. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I'm moving order around a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody who was thinking about buying the hour years ago came when my option was up with Netflix and was like, uh, I just think different closer. And, and that was, I, at the time I was at Gotham and I was clo- two years ago, it was 2018. And I was closing on gutta pumpkin that, that line. Oh yeah. Um, so, and I think they were just like, and I'm something different. And it's just like <laughs> in my head, I was like, oh, you know, pretend like you know what you're doing. So I just feel like I, like I just moved and shifted around things. I put the, everything up on a wall. I record every set and compare them. And then I've done all kinds of weird things, but I'm very type A. So like maybe in my iPad, I'll have this set side by side of photos of the wall and then I'll cross out or circle things that are working and then readjust the order. But yeah, I definitely make sure things weave into the next topic so that, you don't feel like I'm doing a hard shift into a different topic. Yeah. There was zero of that in the entire, I mean, there was one time where I think it was like a, it was like a latent applause. Like you, you got an applause break after a line and I like, you kind of like embrace the applause break a little bit, like kind of, Mm -hmm. you like sort of giggled to yourself and that was, I don't like applause breaks. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it cuts off your thought generally. Yeah. I also just feel like when you're watching, you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Next one. Yeah. Next joke. Like that's just how right. I feel. Like, come but on. <laughs> it, that was, I think the longest pause through the entire, there was no like going back to the stool to dr- take a drink of water. There was no, like I got to rack the mic and then, you know, adjust myself for this next joke. I mean, it was all it, it, that even when you were like getting down to, uh, put your uh, you know penis to pavement uh, <laughs> even then like you were still talking the whole time I mean it's it, it was just so I don't know what the right word is succinct I don't know either way yeah, it was just I, it, there, there was tr- there definitely was like breath training in this too I got sick and I don't want to be the person that's like I already had corona but I got <laughs> sick in <laughs> I got sick in January in Chicago and I couldn't kick it until in the special I'm sick really? so like I'm like, I, in that black cup is a throat coat tea. So there's only one time where I can, I can hear my voice like, yikes. Um, but it was like, um, the, so I remember it, it reaching the height again, cause I just couldn't kick it and I was traveling and it was like a low grade, um, chest ish hard to breathe and catch my breath. And I had that before. And I, and I think it had to do with like, um, anxiety and like a, a bad memory that I had had at that place, like a PTSD thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I had, I had experienced that in Atlanta where I couldn't catch my breath and I couldn't. And then I, it was a lot of things. I couldn't figure out what was going on, whether I was like increasing my pace, 
whether I had just found out I had a dust allergy and I was like, is last week's cold dusty as hell? Mm. Um, am I having PTSD because a phone call I had here was so traumatic and I'm in the same space? Like I can't, I couldn't figure it out. And then it happened again, like in Raleigh at good nights in February. And that was like, um, I couldn't tell again. It's like, am I, is it just this low grade sickness happening that I can't catch my breath? Is it because I'm talking for an hour straight Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I will say, I guess like my body was also just doing a little having to keep up and almost like training to like be able to talk that, talk that way for that long. It's like you kind of underestimate the energy and, uh, you know, repetition it takes to, to like, I guess have that, whatever you want to call it, momentum or something. And then afterwards when people are like, you want to get a drink? And you're like, um, I want to die. So I'm going to go back to my room. <laughs> what do you mean? Do I want to party? Right. Did, was that not enough for you? Right. I just talked forever. <laughs> for sure. I, I have what heard, else do we have to talk about? I have heard that it takes a, f- uh, a few years to get the bagel residue out of your lungs after heavy use. <laughs> so, that could be part of it as well. I could just have a salt bagel lodged back there. <laughs> and, and you know and what? Good it. on you. It's, you got to save it for later. <laughs> Speaking of which, can I ask what your, like your, what is your crown bagel? Like the best fucking, wow. Because mm. I'm a, I'm a pastrami and egg bagel kind of okay. everything bagel. and. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I like, um. I vary. So I worked at Bagel and Deli in Oxford, Ohio. And um, then I, like I talk about this, obviously, my stand-up. My stand-up is just like, as you know, like my life. So then I worked at, <laughs> I worked at Bagel and Deli in Oxford. Then I transferred bagel shops to Chicago Bagel Authority in Chicago, <laughs> obviously. And worked there for years. And then I did get out of the game, the bagel game, and I went into coffee, I guess, out here in LA. And babies. I was doing babies. That sounds sick. I was also yeah, babysitting. I was also babysitting. I've never done a baby, never will. Um, That's I can't huge. get caught up in this QAnon stuff. I think I... <laughs> I um, but yeah, so, so anyways, I... I my tastes change over the years. I mean, in Chicago, I was truly eating like bagels for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because we don't have like a lot of money. And the boss there was like our friend. And so like I did eat there. I I survived there uh, food wise and payment wise. And so I would eat for breakfast. Like I love just doing, um, scrambled egg, Munster cheese, um, tomato with a little honey mustard. And then for lunch, I love this sandwich that's called the Cool Jewels. It's a Bialy bagel, and it's got veggie cream cheese, turkey, um, Colby, sprouts. Wait, shit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> provolone. Sorry, it's provolone. Wait. Oh, my God. This is scary. <laughs> I think it's provolone. I know all the bagel sandwiches, so that was a moment of fear. Um, I think it's provolone. And then sprouts and spicy mustard. And then for dinner, I really love, what's it called? I might have to get my computer out and Google it. (laughs) This is sad. Oh, I like a Munster mash. It's an everything bagel with chicken salad, Munster, and (laughs) green peppers on an everything bagel. Uh, Whoa. 
It's so good. I'm gonna have to change my shirt. I drooled so much. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I need to eat lunch now. This is. <laughs> so I do love all kinds. I love all kinds of bagels. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll just do bagel cream cheese, bagel with butter and and jam. Mm-hmm. I'm a bagel head. You know it. <laughs> Um, not to shift gears too hard. <laughs> yeah, this is the least linear conversation I've ever had. You <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Uh, so, I'm just kidding. as far as um, you know, you've already mentioned Sarah and Maria. Um, yeah. you, you know that you, I, I, we read through the uh, the credits uh, or the acknowledgments at the end of the credits on the special. We paused it, and Caitlin, my fiance, was just like laughing so hard because my dad was uh, all lowercase and that was the only <laughs> she was like oh my god but yeah it was she thought that was hilarious. I love your guys' attention to detail yeah this I mean very fun. yeah she was I love uh, it. so she you know anyway um so we we read through the acknowledgments and I'm sitting there like trying to pick out all the comics that I know and whatnot but who are your as far as influences wise like who are the people that helped you find your voice best because I feel like um, people ask that question of comics all the time like who are your biggest influences and you're like yeah you're an asshole why are you asking such a broad question but um, yeah. I guess for you like y- you know who helped you find like the voice that you are using now um, and like how did you get there oh like you're saying obviously I have been asked this a lot I, I think it's like I didn't watch stand-up I was never like a student of it I didn't love it um, my friend, Will Allen introduced me to Jim, Jim Gaffigan okay. and I was, I still was not really, it's not that I didn't like Jim. Of course I think he's funny, but that was my intro to stand up, and I was probably 18. Okay. So I was kind of like, okay. Like, he's like, you've got to listen to this. It's so funny. Like, and he burned me the CD and I was kind of like, eh, okay. You know, like I just gave it a whirl and it's, of course I thought it was funny, but it didn't necessarily, it didn't light me up. I wasn't like, I love stand up because mm-hmm. I wasn't really interested in it totally. Or maybe I was just avoiding it. You're more of a Jeff Dunham kind of gal. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and, um, cause I had so many puppets already and I was like, right. I'm going to, I'm going to, Oh wait, Oh yeah, yeah. He's the puppet guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got scared. Um, <laughs> um, and then, um, in college is when whatever that I think it was retaliation came out Dane Cook and my oh. friend Tim ah. my friend Tim is the one who turned me on to that and we would cry laughing I mean I loved that mm-hmm. so that was my first time I thought oh my god this is incredible I want to do this but I could never do this how would I ever you know right so that's really when I tried to stand up for the first time I guess would have been well, actually I tried it freshman year of college but then that probably kind of like lit me up to do it. Okay. And that was junior year of college. Um, and then I didn't watch any stand up. I was like, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to watch Maria and I do. I knew I didn't want to watch Sarah or anybody like that. Cause I was scared of stealing. Uh-huh. So I didn't want to like when, when you're new, you're scared. Everyone's going to steal your material. And it's like, Oh honey, you're bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I better not put this up on YouTube in case somebody steals it. Right. Then you see like one person who also mentions coffee and you're like this bastard. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, and you're like, sure. no, you're just, you're very bad. So don't worry about people taking that. I was and, kind of the opposite. I was like, I'm a bastard. You know, I see somebody do a job. I'm like, Oh my God, I can never do that joke again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close to the same thing. I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, keep going though. You were saying sometimes there 
is there is crossover. Like, yeah. That's the thing that people don't want to admit. Like, sure, there's joke stealing, yes, um, but often I've had crossover with someone, and in my mind, sometimes I'm like, Ugh. you know, you want to be like, did they freaking see me in a club and accidentally absorb it? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, whatever, we figured it out. The point is, people definitely steal. Dalia stole from Chris Sim or uh, Chris Simmons is my bagel boyfriend. Chris Fitzsimmons is. And wait, hold on, hold on. Chris Simmons is my bagel boyfriend. Greg Fitzsimmons. Is yeah, Greg. Ah. Yeah, that I worked with in, on Crashing, who I love, and also Chris Dalia stole from. So it's like, and everybody really? knew it, but like yeah, people don't. Yeah, people don't. We're. It's not that we're scared. Greg's a badass. He said something. Yeah, it's Greg just like says, yeah. power and followers is real and blah blah blah. It's sad. Anyway, um. So the point being, I didn't want to steal. I was, you know, everybody has those. Like I remember in the open mic scene in Chicago, two people would be like, "Oh, he's doing Kinnison or he's oh, doing this," oh. and I just, I never wanted anybody to say that about me. Yeah. And mostly what they said was like, oh, there's Beth. She just like whispers her punchlines. So like <laughs> that was like the An main feedback I got. Yeah. And I, I, um, <clears throat> so the way it came out of me wasn't really planned. I didn't like do it in front of the mirror. I early, I remember watching myself once to try to like figure it out. And I didn't do that ever again. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I, now I have since, of course, like if a club gives me a tape, um, but mostly it's listening to try, try to get rid of verbal tics yeah. oh, and, and things like that. But anyway, sorry, I, that was a really long answer. I, ha- you guys, like I wake up and I don't want to talk to anybody. And then if I have coffee, I'm like, you, you, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. um, anyway, the point is, uh, I didn't model myself after anybody cause I was scared and way it came out of me at first, I didn't choose necessarily. It just came out of me sort of, I remember people would ask, what do you talk about? What's your style? And I genuinely couldn't answer. I didn't know how to answer. It took going up at the Lincoln Lodge, having them give me a little bio and reading that and going, oh, that's what I am. Interesting. And it said, it said dark, subtle, deadpan. Oh, wow. That's so, a great descriptor. <laughs> And I was like, that's what I am. And, um, and then over the years, I would say it took me moving to LA and just starting to open for people on the road and, and headline myself to just get closer to my personality. So I'm now closer to my personality than I ever have been, but I also used to be more outgoing than I am as a person. Like I am with my friends and stuff, but I would say stand up and touring and traveling has made me probably a little more shy because mm. huh. I think I just put it all out there on the stage. Yeah. Talk a lot. And then I kind of want to go inward again. Well, and I live alone. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I, I was curious because I have noticed whenever a uh, female comic is on somebody else's podcast, they they always have to and it it's crazy that this continues to happen but for some reason it's on your shoulders to be up to date on like women's rights and all of these things like does it get tiring having to 
be like a scholar of of the Me Too movement and all of that crap every time you're on a podcast. I, well, that's a great thing to bring up, but very astute. I have always found this, even as you're noticing with you know the Black Lives Matter movement, it's the idea you know you're seeing some some information that you may not have seen before, which is like don't ask me to explain it to you, like you figure it out, you know, like don't put yep. the the onus on the oppressed. And yes. again, I'm not comparing black lives to women or my life at all. I'm just saying, <clears throat> why is it my job to be an expert on rape? I'm real tired because what, why it, what, a good question? I don't know the answer, but it's like, so I have to be an expert on these topics to sort of, I guess, essentially, you know, beat you at your own game. But why do I have to take so much care when you're not, right. <laughs> you're not taking right. any care at all. You're not even, you're barely taking responsibility for the things you're saying because you mask them in the fact that they're just jokes. So, but, but they're not just jokes to so many people that like are listening to you and idolize you. I'm talking about like a pop, like popular male comics. Like you have a responsibility. You're just not, you're not, um, Embracing I guess. It. Yeah. Like, because they don't want the responsibility and right. they can just say they're just jokes. And it's like, yeah, but the things you say, you know, you, you used to be at the beginning, no one's listening to you and you had a following, but not this big. And you've grown to have millions of followers. And some of them quite literally are yeah. disciples of you, idolize you, truly take your word as gospel. So if you're saying things that aren't, aren't based in truth, or if you're rattling things off that you think are funny, they have power. They, they're believed. So it's just like, just a little research would help, you mm -hmm. know, like the example I'm thinking of is like, and, and, and again, I'm not saying it can't make you laugh and still be wrong. Like, oh, sure. like it's not that I'm saying it's not funny. It's just that like, <clears throat> when you can choose to help or hurt, why do you continually choose hurt? So I feel like, if someone's like, like that billboard joke, that's like, um, you know, don't, let's not believe all women. Some of them are crazy. What if we believe 88% of them? It's like, so the irony there is that, that he's like fiercely advocating for women in that joke. Cause nowhere near 88% of women are believed. Yeah. In fact, the number by the FBI is like 4%. And so it's just like, so, so the irony is like, you're advocating for women by saying let's believe 88% of them because it's nowhere near that percentage. And by the way, I don't even know if my percentage is right because why do I have to fucking know? Yeah, but I'm just right. saying like, yeah. it's like, it's just, and you can be like, it's just a joke. I'm like, I'm not saying it's not funny. I'm not saying like, yo, some women are crazy. Some women are crazy. Some men are crazy. Lying is not a gendered trait. Right. Lying is a human trait. So again, I'm not saying like, he, yeah, I think he's upset with the believe all women thing. And it's like, we're not saying believe every single woman that came to be. It's essentially like, an, again, not comparing it to race whatsoever, but are you an all lives matter person, bitch? Yep. <laughs> because it's the, it's the fact that we're not believed. So we're saying believe we didn't say believe all. Yeah. It's right. just yeah, straight it was up. Just please believe. Believe. It, well, yeah. It got contorted. Yeah, it was by, never believe all women. Right. It, it was, was always believe women. And then it became yeah. believe all women by the people who opposed the idea of believing, women, yes. which is, ludicrous but yeah and I i've mean, always said that if there's gonna be casualties on either side so let's say not all men rape fine the yeah. majority of rapists though happen to be men so if there's gonna be sure. casualties on either side so like let's say we go the believe all women route way more mm -hmm. women will be saved than men will be thrown under the bus 
Like it's the difference is astronomical. Right. And it's like, okay, so that's why it's, it's so interesting that like, we don't, we haven't come to any sort of conclusion, which is difficult. It's annoying. Like we don't have, I don't have the perfect solution for for this, for this, whatever it is, this us versus them type thing. But exactly like you're saying two things. One, we have to like oddly somehow give credit for the men that admit to it. And again, Louis was not a rapist, but he admitted to it. And that was huge. Kobe admitted that he was looking back and we have to base, we basically have to say like, I'm not saying they deserve a freaking medal, but how are there so many raped and so little rapists? Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think we shouldn't believe men. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know the answer, but something has to obviously give. And we have to, it's like, just like we need a better place for women to report we needed a better place for men to report and say, yeah, I think I fucked up or something. Like, I'm not saying we need to baby them, but it's just like, no, yeah. it's volatile on either end. Not and like you're saying, it's interesting that, yeah, yes, of course, that's why I say that in my special. You have these people being so vocal about how you guys should be scared. It's like, most of you aren't doing right. that stuff. Yeah, so right. don't let them scare you. In fact, the reason, like, if you look at statistics and read any sort of article, um, I think Barbara, I'll find it. This is a really good article. But um, most of them are repeat offenders. Yep, right. That'll blow your mind. If they were freaking believed in caught in the first place, they wouldn't continue to be out there. So the repeat thing is huge. Yeah. I, but you just caught me on my shit. Here we go. <laughs> no, it's... Barbara Bradley Haggerty, The Atlantic, The ah, Epidemic okay. of Disbelief. She wrote this badass piece on it. That actually, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I mean, it's yeah, Barbara wait, Bradley Haggerty. It's such a weird like dichotomy of like you want to embrace the the person who is the victim, you know, and be like, yes, we believe you, and then we're going to do everything we can to support you and make sure you're taken care of. But then naturally, and I think you get this ingrained to you by you know your b- bully in first grade who says like x person or like you said x thing about whatever and you're like i didn't fucking say that i didn't do it you know and then so you like you put yourself in the shoes of the person and i think men obviously fall into this trap far more than women but like you feel yourself the feeling of being blamed and not it not being true so you just don't want to put the onus on anybody else and then that's where the the like you were talking about the cycle of of disbelief begins because it's like people lean way more towards uh, things that make them feel good than things that make them feel bad. And Mm -hmm. so like to embrace this horrible, heinous act as the truth when you have the out of being like, um, but we don't know for sure is just like human nature. You know, you're not going to like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. All that to say, I am curious as how long do you wait to fart in front of a boyfriend (laughs) seamless um you know it depends oh my gosh i was like sort of seeing a guy briefly like testing the waters and it came up like that oh i burped which by the way i'm not someone who's like over here like loving burping and like (laughs) and you know being like kiss me you know what i mean but I am going to burp and we burped in my family growing up and my sister Hannah like really ripped him and it was just fun. (laughs) My mom taught me how to burp. It's not, it's not weird. Yeah. It's just like, 
I like burps and <laughs> I'm not saying I need them to be like really gross and it's fun and it should turn you on, but I'm going to burp occasionally. Just do that one more time for me, please. I'm yeah. almost finished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you could just one more burp for me, baby. Right, yeah. I feel like, you know, but, but I am going to burp, but again, not to excess. It's just going to happen. So I remember burping and, um, well, I have a joke about it. That's old, 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 that truly like that would have been. 08 or something and he did say how did your mother raise you and then the joke oh, i wrote God. was alone what? all by herself yeah. so oh. i think like that was that who cares that was like odd date but this was like a couple weeks ago and he was like you could tell he didn't like it and it wasn't even bad i was just like oh excuse me i was like oh you didn't like that and he goes no and he kind of explained that he thinks burping and farting is means that you are like you eat badly like your body is saying like, what? this isn't good for you. Yes. He was oh, like obsessed man. with that. He, he um, yes. And, and so like, again, I'm not trying to like make him some sort of evil guy. No, but he it's is obviously. That. So don't worry about it. <laughs> but like, he really, he felt that at, like that, that knee burping. And I'm like, by the way, you guys, we were drinking LaCroix with like tacos. Yeah. It's swamp water in there at this right, point. Right. Like, you got to get that out. So, and then um, later, this is great. The time I farted in front of him was in the middle of the night. I woke myself up farting. Um, <laughs> we, we had, this was when he still liked me. Um, we had Indian or something. And then he just like put his arm over me. I remember, cause I think I might've woken us both up. Who knows? <laughs> and um, he, and then he put his arm over me. And then I, and then another time we had Indian near the end when you could tell he was starting to hate me and my burps. <laughs> Um, he didn't put his arm over me and then I don't think I saw him again after that. He was gone with the wind. He he both literally and not literally embraced you and then no longer embraced your farting. That was, yes, that's tough. Yeah. We just like, it was so odd. We really just weren't compatible to the point where I I do remember saying to his face, like, we just really don't communicate well. Well, it's good that you've got the self-awareness to be able to, you did mention the codependency thing in the, in the special. But, like, obviously yes. you're not as codependent as you claimed in the special. Yeah, I am in the sense that this took me a little while to get over. And yes. I had drafted, like, this was very short-lived. And I wouldn't even say, like, but it did take me, like, so for example, at week four, I knew it wasn't right. I should, And I drafted, like, a bunch of different ways of t- text messages or conversations. Like, sometimes I need to do that mm-hmm. to set, like, a boundary because... I basically, I want everyone I break up with to still love me and not be mad. Mm -hmm. So I, that's why it's hard for me to break up. So I said, um, I basically, wait, what, what what is it compatible? Okay. Yeah. I basically drafted like a bunch of different ways of being like, isn't it cool if we stop talking? I'm just not feeling the same as I was before, but I had fun. Like a bunch of different ways of saying that. And, and by the way, I obviously would think it's better to do like, on the phone or in person if need be, but sometimes texts are fine if it's just a casual thing. The mm-hmm. point is I drafted a bunch of different ways of saying that. And then I kept, I stayed for two more weeks, just like so uneasy, wondering if he liked me, hating the feeling of all of it. And then eventually he was like, Hey, let me, can we talk? And he was like, I think we should stop talking. And I was like, I figured that's why you're calling. And I still needed to know why. Like, and he was like, does it really matter? And I was like, 
that is valid. But like, I needed like an exit interview and I, sure. it's odd. I, it's like, I knew I didn't want to be with him, but I still wanted him to want me. And I, it's crazy. So I think that, that I do still have codependency type. Yeah, that, stuff. that is something about codependency that people like get confused about. Cause, cause I have codependency issues as well. And okay. it, it's, there are also the sense, it's the sense that you have to write injustices and that's like yeah. a, a grandiose way of saying it. But that feeling that you have is like, I, I should be able to fix it. I'm, I'm the only one that can fix it. And so even though you're yeah. wanting that separation, there is, and, and I don't know if you've felt that in other aspects of your life is like when, and, and I don't know, I may be projecting on you, but <laughs> no, I'm, I'm interested in hearing, cause I'm still actually learning about it. Like a couple years ago, I tried to go to a CODA meeting and it didn't quite fit, fit with me. Like I just didn't like it. So I'm still learning and I, I will be interested to hear what you say. Cause I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't want to put too much on him. Like he's this or that yeah. when definitely a lot of it was me and maybe we were just incompatible, but anyway, keep going. Well, yeah. And so, so with the codependency stuff, um, like I was saying, there's this, this sense of, um, like a lot of codependent people can uh, end up going on like self-righteous tangents and feeling like because they feel so strongly about one thing that it must be right. And they want to mm -hmm. let you know, they have to let you know that this is the right way. And I know it because I care about you and I care about your situation. And so let's right this wrong or this injustice or, or your frame of mind so that you mm -hmm. can now be as enlightened and feel as good as I do right now. So there's all these weird kinds of ways. So it's not just in relationships and on a romantic level, it can apply to friendships as well. Wow. Yeah. I need to learn. I still need to learn more. Cause like, I don't want to be like Whitney and I talked about it on her podcast too. Cause it's like, I don't want to just be the person who's like, well, he's a narcissist and I hate him. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be like that because I definitely like want to take responsibility for my side of things. And I just think, yes, the answer can so many times be like, you know, you've seen my standup now. A lot of times it's me making sense of it or something happening to me and me feeling like I want to take control over it. And by d making it funny, then I can, I can sort of feel like, like it didn't win over me or something like that. You know, like yeah. by me making sense of it, then I can move on yeah. and in a humorous way. So like I can also recognize that sometimes two people are just incompatible and it doesn't mean that one person's bad and the other person's good. But so I don't want to do that with this, even though, again, it was truly like four weeks of, of contact, you know, not not anything long term. But it's interesting how fast that it happened, like because it was just like fun at first and this or that. And then like it really it gets it can get real how incompatible you can be. And I'm still trying to figure it, figure it out what my part in it is. You know, I think that's why I wanted like the exit interview. Like, what did I do? And right. it's like, bitch, yeah, right. you don't want to be with him either. Right. right. You know, so like, I think it's just that you're not right for each other. And then, I, you know, you can just, you do all kinds of things in your head. I live in my head. Well, you don't want them to have a negative memory of you. That sits that's, with that's you That's a huge so part much. of it. Like, I, I know yeah, exactly that's a, what you're saying. Well, I'm like... I, I mean, I'm, I'm like Chris, I, I am also pretty codependent, but the one thing that I always felt myself doing outside of, you know, romantic relationships and inside them as well, is like it, validation is the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. you know, it's like you're constantly seeking the validation for whether you're oh, feeling yeah. angry with that person. So like you kind of want that person to be angry with you so that you feel like your anger is justified. 
um, or like you're really happy and then you see like they're not super happy. So then you have to like bring yourself down to their level because, oh my gosh, like I'm not, I'm not at the right place right now. I need, you know, they're, they're kind of dictating the way that you're, you know, I've had that with bosses too. And that's like, that's the most unhealthy relationship I think for me is when I get codependent and like, you know, my old boss would like come storming into the office and like slam his door and then we're all sitting like I immediately my whole day would be screwed up because I'm like oh god what did I do but it's like it's not about you you know it's like you need to be able to separate right. yourself and then when somebody says it's not about you you're like god am I a narcissist yeah <laughs> right you. right right for it sure it sucks I'm gonna talk yeah but I can relate to that like oh god what did it you know are you mad at me who's mad at me and why does it why didn't he like me and I needed to find out what I did and what he's gonna tell people that I did and this or that and it's like no I mean nothing like happened but like there was enough times where we just weren't compatible. Right. Like one, I think I remember just like one small example was like, I think he was like, do you want to go on a walk or something with the dog or something? And I was like, um, probably will. And then later he didn't want to see me and admitted the next day that he was like, I just didn't like that you were being like weird and cryptic. And I was like, what? Yeah. I was just saying like, I was being silly, like probably will. Like, but I guess text message and all these things. It's just like, I don't like being misunderstood, I guess, as part of it. And yeah. you want to control the other person's opinion of you. Mm-hmm. I, I just so realized. like, what? Oh, sorry. My name's Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never even. I'm Alex, by the way. So, yeah. I'm Beth. Oh, no shit. <laughs> and actually, Isn't there's it? a Kim here, too. But these two narcissists I, I can't <laughs> stop talking. That's I heard so unhealthy. I enjoyed um, making Kim laugh the most. You did. You did make me laugh. My thing I was going to say with this whole relationship thing, granted me and this Chris guy, we've been married for a really long time. So, but previously in relationships, (laughs) I was the same. This is Chris guy. (laughs) My thing would be too, like when you're ending a relationship too, especially if you're the person ending it, it's like you want to know things that went wrong because in the next relationship you're like maybe I won't do that maybe it is something I did it's probably him where you can kind of feel it out in that next relationship where you can be like well let's see if I can see these things early instead of you know four weeks in and yes yeah and then you get trapped with a guy for 13 years and then (laughs) here I am exactly exactly I think that's what I felt like I like exactly what you just said and then when I didn't really get that, he did say one thing, which I related to, which was, he's like, it's just like the simple things just became hard. And I was like, that was true. And also we're in a pandemic and life's weird and yeah. I don't want, I'm sick of eating, you know? <laughs> but like, I think, so there was that, but then like, it almost made me feel a little bit of a turn. Like it was like, well, don't you want to know what you did? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Cause I could help you, man. You know what I mean? Like or you're just so confident with himself that he's like, it obviously wasn't me. Then you're like, wait right, a right. minute. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it was confidence. I think again, just incompatibility, but yeah. I did feel a little of like, dude, I might be able to help you fix yeah. this problem that you have, which is <laughs> you can't be with, I don't think you want to be with someone. I think you want a woman shaped chair um, to sit <laughs> in your living room wow. and well, suck your dick. Um, and, that, and then, you know, to speak back to the validation thing, that's another thing is like, you need to be able to teach yourself to validate yourself because that's as soon what as, I'm, exactly right. As soon as you embrace the fact that like the way you're feeling is totally valid and you don't need somebody else to tell you it's okay to feel that way. The, I mean, yeah. not that I should be considered a relationship expert. I had a panic attack no, yesterday I think that's, because that's I the, ate that, too many beans. So, 
you know? No, that's not... exactly, that's the, exactly what I've been trying to work on as, as of late. Like even just since that little, yeah. thing, whatever that was, like I really need to depend on myself. It's mm-hmm. huge. Well, the hardest part is like to... finding a place to actually practice that. Cause you, you yes. like, because you notice it the most in romantic relationships, you want to apply it the most in romantic relationships. But like the best place to practice it is like when you're choosing what you want for breakfast today. It's like, here's exactly. what I want. It's fine that I want this. I'm going to eat this and then I'm going to move the fuck on with my day because it's really not that big of a decision. <laughs> but like, you know, when you make mountains out of molehills, like it ends up becoming so every decision you need somebody to tell you that it's okay that you're choosing to do that. I thing. relate it's, to that so hard. Even yeah. like I, I dated um, another a younger comic for the last like two years. We're currently just like great friends. Um but like he's lovely and in so many ways a counterpart and uh, and a huge part of like getting me through the last three years because like some of the subject matter was rugged and brought up a lot of emotions and fear and anger and passion and things like that. And he, he was a truly um, a, my confidant, but also like my rock, you know, very supportive. Mm-hmm. And so similar to what you're saying, like sometimes I'm, I would be like, what do I do this and how do I do that? Like the simplest things, like, do I post this? Like I'm relying on him for those things and that's not healthy for me or him. And like I said, we're not together right now. Um, but I, one of the reasons being kind of like what I would like to work on, which is, is really finding, like you're saying that validation in myself. And even like your example was perfect. My friend, Simi Bowditch from um, college, she's like, she's a, health and wellness coach now. And Mm. she posted something yesterday that I, that was similar to what you just said, which was just like, it's like practice just going inside yourself before asking someone else a simple question. So like fist yourself to your heart. Exactly. (laughs) So when I ate that cake for breakfast this morning, I didn't have to ask <laughs> I, should, yeah. I, I sure should hope just, you didn't. I did because well, that asked, would mean that somebody said, "Yeah, totally, that's I, a great choice." I asked my eight-year-old, "Should I eat this piece of cake for breakfast?" And she's like, "She was like, yes, queen." She goes, "If I can have some, I'm like, all right, then we're both going to eat a piece of cake for breakfast." Bingo. Yeah, I mean, isn't that just a donut in a different form? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, it's like eating French toast or a cinnamon roll. I mean, those yeah. are you know essentially breakfast we, foods. Right, we've masked those as breakfast. Yeah. yeah, you can't eat pancakes and also say you're not eating cake. I mean, it's the same. Thing. Exactly. exactly. So just I'm, like a muffin is a cupcake without a top on. That's all it yes. Is. <sighs> Agreed. I um, also agree. Thanks, Chris. Uh, I I mean, I don't know if the other two knuckleheads have any more questions, but I do have one more that's Oh, maybe. I could I could go on for hours. Okay. I was going to ask uh I didn't know if you needed to take a dump or anything. Do you need a break? <laughs> <laughs> do you need a break? Yeah, do you guys want to wanna come? You got to drop off a load at all, you, you know? Like Um Yeah, I mean, I'm good. The only I I um I was just perusing this to try to find um, the stats that I was looking for earlier. Oh, yeah. 65% of the cases, Minneapolis investigators failed to interview the victim. Even when detectives had the name of the suspect, more often than not, they didn't question him. In the end, only 9% of the cases resulted in conviction. So fucked. In the the Minnesota? I just wanted to like... 
I want to go. I said 3% and I don't want people coming for me, but yeah. When I was, so when we watched your special too, when you talk about like reporting it, one thing is like, I work as a mental health nurse. I work in the ER and I feel like a lot of times too, people don't go to the hospital to get checked because of now that bills on you. It's not like it gets absorbed by someone like you're, you know, you're going in to get checked yeah. and have this i mean hours long hours long they you yeah. know they bring people in to ask questions and then more people come ask questions and police come and ask more questions and as a female you have your leg you know you're getting checked and you have all these and you just experience something so traumatic and then you go home and if you don't have insurance here you go now you got to pay a thousand dollar you know bill to report something yep. that was already so traumatic and now <sighs> you might have more debt because of it so when i was listening to that part of your special i'm like I don't think people understand that part of it too. It's not like you just go to the police station, you report it. If you want to yeah, go to the hospital, it's some, yeah, then... yeah, it's not some simple thing. It's so, yeah. Right. And I had to also, yeah, those, those are great um, points. I'm glad that, I'm not glad, but yeah. No, I, no. I, I, but I think you, think you saying that think though, that. I think it's eye-opening too to other people that are like, oh, wow. It's not just this, like you go to the police officer yeah. and you and say something. Yeah, and it's a something. fine line too, obviously. I, I, had many trial and errors on that and the the way I got into that stuff because people, you know, I used to just get into the material and have to do saves when people got uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I had to find different ways to get into the material. So I didn't have to do saves because getting ahead of it instead of having to clean up after it is. Well, it was all those, all those tough topics you covered were so digestible. I mean, it was, and that was one thing that Caitlin and I were, (laughs) You're like making the bed like, wasn't that just, I mean, I learned so much tonight, but that's really what, like how it felt. It was like, I mean, especially with the analogies you used, um, you know, the, the, the leftovers was so, so beautifully articulated and it didn't at all require for you to, to lean into using the word abortion for everyone to completely understand why it's such a, a, it's it's not a one person game, you know, and yeah. that yeah. that was and that so that was I mean I want to commend you for that too. It's just like very few people leave watching a comedy special and think really hard about the things they heard and how they felt about those things prior and now feel about them. And I, I mean I I would be shocked to know that most of the people watching aren't doing that. Are I mean people I'm yeah. sure are watching that and are thinking very deeply about. Some challenging things to think about and talk about. Yeah, I think that's good. I'm so happy to hear that. I think it's like, you know, I often had on the road, I would say, um, men coming up to me afterwards and saying how much they were like, that leftovers joke stuck with me. Like, that's good, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. good because, you know, again, like I say, it's like, I'm not out here blaming dudes for not knowing. Nobody wants to freaking talk about it. Yeah. So right. just know that, like, you know, Obviously, they already knew that, but it's like the jizz is the problem. That's what's coming out. So just, <laughs> Always has you know, been. Protect the jizz. Like, take right. care of your jizz. And if you're a dude who has an opinion on it, well, all you can do is make sure your jizz doesn't get anywhere you don't want it to be. Right. So, yeah. you know, women are not, you know, freaking flower pots that if something's planted in us, we have to grow it. It's oh, like. Wow. We just have a choice. <laughs> well, in the Minnesota scene, we've we've been dealing a ton with comics that are just like they they feel like they can hide behind the oh I'm just being canceled because of cancel culture and like and they're mm-hmm. actually like 
sexual assault fucking yeah. dirty motherfuckers and Oof. and when you brought up Acme when when Louis had he had a, a five he had five nights at Acme yeah and the comedy scene was like split in two there were those yeah. of us who were like why the fuck would you do that and then there were others that were like oh well he you know he said he's sorry and everything's fine and yeah and like it was such a like spit in the face to especially the the female comics in our scene recently yeah, we've I, learned I, I, some awful things the way that they've been treated over the years and it just seemed like when we think that we're making ground then something like that happens and they're reminded that oh eventually it doesn't matter and things will just right. go back to the way they were it's frustrating sorry yeah <laughs> yeah no it is frustrating i mean and when i was there i remember some of the female comics confiding in me that after i'd worked with um after that guy was on the shows that he was kind of known for being a sexual predator. And I was just mm -hmm. like, Oh my God. So that goes to, that goes back to even another thing of, of me being able to say, Hey, um, you know, not only do I never want to, when I, if I come back, which obviously I, I wasn't asked back, um, I don't want to work with this person. And I was told this, so right. now I would be able to do that. Right. Um, but you know, it's a, it's, it is a difficult yeah, when you find it's your difficult. voice, when you find your voice to advocate for yourself, you also find your voice to advocate for other yeah. people. It's like a, you know, two birds one stone. Get two birds stoned at the same time. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just fish like you know again like I told you at the beginning I was like I would handle it differently now, mm -hmm. but it's not like I I don't think I, I was operating out of huge amounts of fear like oh my god what if I never get asked back but you know, it was known as like a great club. So I was happy to yeah, be there. And it's right. like, okay, I'll just, I'll just deal with this, I guess. Right. You it's known don't, as a good club. That, you don't shit where you eat kind of thing. You're like, oh my God, like here, I got this opportunity. I want to ruin it. Right. But like, yeah, part of taking advantage of the opportunity. And obviously you see this now is like being your best self when you're there and being your best self is also standing up for what you believe in. So, you know, yeah. So I, mean, I would handle it differently now, but you know, I, I guess I do. I have regrets about it. Um, oh, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, but, you, you, you've lived you've lived long enough now apart from that time that you have taken the lessons you learned there and are now applying them to your life, which I mean, yeah. you took value away from it, even though you didn't live it the way you wish you had. One could say you're being yeah. your Beth stuff. So <laughs> oh, damn it. Oh, I was you, so tried, close. you tried so <laughs> hard <laughs> and don't you, hate, you blew don't it. Don't you hate when that happens? Oh, like, man, you blew God. it. Or especially in a text message where you're like about to really oh. Drop a great one, and it does a typo, and you're like, "I hate when you're like in a thread or like a group, especially like this happens on Snapchat all the time. When like you're in a yeah. group message, and you have like a banger of a line, and and then somebody like messages in and completely changes the subject or oh. like shifts directions, and you're like, you yes. fuckers are never gonna learn.'" <laughs> What I was going to, either that or you drop the line anyway and everyone's like, that came out of nowhere. What an asshole. You know, like, <laughs> fuck me. But, uh, okay, so I, what, I got one last question then. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah. The only thing, because I'm going to, I have another one at 1230 with a man named Tony. Is it another Tell pod. Tony to kiss our fucking ass. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Tony, we're going long. So hey, just, I guess it, maybe it's a good way to wrap up then. So. You know, now you've got a, uh, a an hour long special on a huge platform, and I'm, I mean, it's so well deserved. Um, Thank but you. is there anyone 
whether it's you know back from the Chicago scene or in the Los Angeles scene that you feel like is not like getting that love that that uh, you know you think they deserve and we should check out and share with our audience because you know Chris and I um, unlike you said yourself like we're very much students of comedy and and, oh, yeah. and huge comedy fans first so for us to find somebody new to listen to would be pretty cool yeah, so if you've okay. got anyone let's okay okay let's think here people who've been doing it a long time that i just love and i'm like how are you not well ida rodriguez is about to get her own hour on hbo max but her half hour on netflix with uh, tiffany haddish's they ready is great okay it's oh, my yeah. type you know did you watch that yet uh i have not seen the whole her thing name, sometimes people think her name is ada because it's ai um oh does she so, um she have her hair like pulled back very tight bun in that in in that i think so i can't picture it but yeah i think so um but anyway it's it's just like, like my type of comedy it's like dark and funny and yeah she's a badass so hers um her again that's someone who's obviously has is getting what she deserves she's gonna have an hour here on hbo max too. okay but I'm trying to think of but you could watch that of hers uh, I'm just trying to think about like what's out there and to be able to watch that you'd like. I'm being bad. I'm, no, I'm, it's <laughs> my just mind fine. is like blank. I'm trying to think of other. I'm asking you to dig into the depths of your brain. This is. I mean, I, I'm asking a lot. I. I yeah, I like but, Steph Tolev. The Putterboss okay. sisters are like my best friends, but they don't have an album out that you can listen to. Um, Marcella Arguello. Okay. Woke Bully. Um, I'm trying to think of other fun albums to listen to i should just look at my spotify um i'm i'm doing a bad job guys i heard bill engvall has a new <laughs> <laughs> well done thank Chris. you good pull. That's a good point <laughs> nice. oh damn it oh funch i mean i'm just trying to think of people oh, god dang it oh Ronald? how about sophie buttle from um canada she just wanted juno for her album Okay. Yeah, so I mean, Sophie Buttle. I'm certainly going to need to listen back to this recording to get all these names, but this is huge because Maria, Marina Franklin, Aretha. She's Franklin? got an hour out. It came, Marina, <laughs> Aretha. Okay. No, Marina. Okay. Marina Franklin. She had an hour that came out like I think it was a year or two ago, but it just got played again on the CW. She's she's just someone who's been around forever. That's that's a killer. Okay. Awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah. I love how I'm like really trying to rack my brain and doing a horrible job. Well, this is plenty. I mean, it, these are all, yeah. you know, it's, it's important. I think it's, especially to Chris and I like for, especially like in the Minneapolis scene, which is small. There aren't a lot of huge names that have ever come out of here. I mean, like Louis Anderson, Mitch and Hedberg, Mitch Hedberg and like Nick Swartzen and Cy Amundsen are like the biggest four that I can think of yeah. off the top of my head, you know, but like, you know, when we see somebody that, even in our scene, they were like, how is this person not enormous? You know, um, yeah. it's just always like I, you want to get those people as much exposure as possible. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I hear you. Well, and I, I one thing that I was like insanely impressed with as to what you're doing right now is it seems like because I noticed right off the bat that you were a producer on your your special as well. Mm hmm. So yeah. the amount of work that you're doing and that you took the time to like schedule this with me personally i just it's so fucking impressive because i know how hard it is to try and do you know all all of these things at once and and make sure that 
you know, you're giving your authentic self. And, and so I just want to commend you for all of that. And thank, well, thank you. you. Yeah, this was yeah, very s- special for all of us. Um, well, thank you for, um, you know, knowing your stuff and, <laughs> you know, like being prepared and all that. And, and I appreciate the questions and the conversation. And oh, and also, like like you said, in my special thanks, I list a lot of the comics that I worked with. So that's actually a good resource. Cool. Awesome. So like a lot of my openers on the road, Anna Samiri, um, Abby Trotton, uh, Janae Burris. Um, yeah, there's definitely people I've missed on there, which I feel bad. Um, but, you know. That well, show promised that, that I worked with. Yeah. yeah. Like Ever Maynard, I forgot to put her on there. Cameron Brewer and OKC. There's like a lot of people that I worked with along the way that are in there. So, yeah. Nice. Well, Don't yeah, plug, plug all the things. Let the people know where they can find you. Um, my new website will be bestselling.com, I think, on Monday. Um, but I've been sweetbeth.com forever. And just at bestselling on all, on all things. And I've got T-shirts on there on my Instagram, on my little link to my profile from the special and all get, that. Get yeah, some girl, find me. Get some Girl Daddy merch. Get that Girl Daddy merch, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Beth, thank you so f- freaking much for doing this. And uh, of course. we're proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you know. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm now. I'm playing the role of your father. Right. That's okay. Thank you, boy, my boy daddies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I do want to say, you know, you're taking up less space, and I like that. Uh, <laughs> but um, thanks again so much. Seriously, this was you're very welcome. special for us. So you're welcome. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, guys. You yeah. too. Thanks. Talk right, to you, you later. Care. All right. Let bye. me try to figure out how to hang up. <laughs> 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 bye. Right, bye. What are you doing? What? Oh, are we still going? Yeah. yeah. You think we just leave on That's that? That's fine. You just go. I have to be so bad. Me too. Should we take a quick pee pee break? No. And Let's yeah. just regroup? bang this out then. No, go do a pee break. Go do a pee. Are we doing how a full episode? How much longer do you like, want to do? We were, we were literally on the phone with her for an hour and a half. Which, by the way, how fucking cool is that, you guys? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> We She's did a so good job. Cool. She's so cool. She's way cooler than both of you guys. First of all, way less attitude again because my lunchable container is. Wait, back just there. keep your hand out like you that. How sweaty my hands are. Look at your fingers. I was so nervous. <laughs> They're so long. Same. They're nervous. I'm like Spider Man. I'm over not here. sweating over here. I'm just like, yeah. Oh well, thanks for thanks for participating the... for one question. You guys wouldn't let me. My gosh, you guys were fighting each I other. I asked you. I said, "Hey, yeah, multiple times, like... multiple times." So do not throw him under the bus. <laughs> no, I, I was am, just like, I am. And... Yeah, Chris would look at me and be like, "You have a question," and Alex would be like, "I have a question," because he wasn't. I like that you. we 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 figured out the yeah yeah. Which you guys are so. I was just so silly. jacked to like. I mean, there. It's one thing to like get to. You know, like see somebody in person for like three minutes, yeah. Like with Swartzen, when I was like, "Holy shit, man!" Like, good, but like to get to know Did he somebody. Smell like baloney because I feel like he would. No, he's <laughs> he's sober now, so like his sober people eat baloney. Okay, sober people don't smell like baloney. That's not true. That's sober pants over here he stinks. you don't smell he like smells probably worse now that he's sober no. than he did when he was drinking he smells like parmesan you just left on the dashboard of your car what was no. it ramen noodles yeah, it's ramen noodles um that have been out of the microwave for like 15 minutes because you forgot you Yummy. wanted it to cool down and then yeah. you're like ah shit now it's cold you i'd still eat and cold you still ramen. slub it slug <laughs> it down <laughs> i'm just teasing i don't think you stink i mean i do i think I stink. but I, I so i don't know dude that was so cool thank you so much for setting that up that was amazing i'm proud of you 
but thank you. She, uh, I can't get over your red rockets on your shirt. Literally, thinks me, makes me bum, think of dog bum. penises. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, well, uh, for for those who are tuning in who have never listened to our show before, we've got three different shows that you can check out. Obviously, everything is under the Duck Duck Gray Duke channel. The network. The network. The we're Duck gonna, Duck Gray Duke gonna, network. We're going to change the name of it. Well, it's we're going to change it to Duck Duck Gray Duke Media pretty soon here. Um, Holy cow. That's a leap, man. I don't know if you want to make that big of a change. Just don't make it an LLC or else we have to pay taxes yeah. on it. So, so uh, if anybody who works for the IRS is listening, go you fuck can't, yourself. You, you can't pay taxes if you don't make money. <laughs> hey, man. If you're paying more than you're getting, then it's... But we've got Dude Absolutely, which is myself <laughs> and Alex. Where it was basically that, but you interrupt yourselves a lot more. We sure do. And then we've got the Not-So-Anonymous Alcoholic. If you are a individual who wants to learn about addiction and addiction recovery or, or if you don't know if you're a person who wants to learn about addiction and addiction yeah. recovery that's yeah. a huge piece of the population i think that they're just like indifferent to it listen to one episode and tell me you're not enlightened and there, i think there's just such a big pre- prejudice out there about addiction too like listening to it and like we see on you know media or on you know all platforms all these people who are, have addictions and it's like you th- you have this preconceived notion in your head, but then you meet real people. Like It's always tied. We live in a cookie cutter home. We have good jobs. We have a family and this and this. And Chris had an addiction. It's always yeah. tied to criminal and nefarious yes. activities. Right. Every addict. Which is- the only crime here is that you're wearing black shoes, black Crocs, and a navy blue shirt. You fucking bruise. Damn it. Does Brown he- hair. He looks like a bruise. That's I get it. It's the bruise color scheme. Yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. a domestic violence color scheme going on right now. I'm oh. sorry. And then what's the other <laughs> podcast? Oh, Duck Duck Gray Duke. Yeah, yeah I that's... said that at the top. Oh, sorry. Women. Where we talk about, <laughs> we talk to interesting people, comedians, people, people Jews. Who, sorry. We 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 your we, parents. We like to have uh, mental health is important to us on all of the shows. So I we thought were, you were going to bring a mental health with her. I was wait, that's what I was kind of waiting for and I didn't know if it, it was ever going to... It came up gonna... on its own though. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. That, was, that was, I feel like, the most natural way for it to yep. come up. I knew... Instead I, of you like, hey, <laughs> so you see a therapist? You crazy? What kind of meds <laughs> you on, huh? Well, I was like, she's going into the panic thing and then it quickly went out of there and I'm like, there was my chance. Now we're gone. Well, I knew she was going to talk about more, like the codependency stuff. And yeah. Yeah, I, I could kind of... I've listened to enough of her interviews now that I kind of knew the pattern that it was going to go in. And then I just wanted to make sure that we had our take on it. And I, I think, I feel like she learned some stuff too, which is a, a, a nice feeling. I still am just trying to picture her breakfast in my head. That's like the whole oh, time all I could. The entire time my yeah, stomach literally. was mm, grumbling. <laughs> I'm about to go to McDonald's because that's the closest place I can eat digestible We have food. some uh, Little Caesars yeah, we got pizza, some pizza upstairs if you want us to put it in the toaster oven warm it up. I'm good. If I'm going to eat pizza that's not fresh, I'm going to eat it cold because I'm an adult. And, oh, and sure. you don't want cold pizza. No, I love cold pizza. Do you want some cold Little Caesars? Do you want a, do you want a Lunchable? No. All right. I well, want McDonald's. Well, he doesn't want to eat our food. <laughs> I want McDonald's. Like, <laughs> legitimately want it bad. Okay. I hear, I hear you. I'm getting rock hard for an Egg McMuff. <laughs> Showing on your shirt. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, yeah. Yes, queen. Share the episode. Subscribe. Rate. All of the things. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, thank you guys. So Give f- us a like because it really helps with the YouTube algorithm. Also, I've noticed that about... 100% of the people that are watching our videos on YouTube aren't subscribed to us. Yeah, so the fuck? So, you know, subscribers uh, or li- listeners, 
definitely subscribe and then hit the notification bell so you don't miss anything. It's right underneath here, right, right here, right yep, here. But you right see here. right there? Well, there's, and also, there might be some suggestive videos right here, and they're probably like, did Joe Rogan really? And go ahead and click those two. That's wait, fine. Wait, what oh, are the ones fuck, that Layla likes to say. watch? Layla likes to go... Or the video she Layla likes. And next time, if you want to watch this other challenge, click down here and subscribe. I seriously, if I don't pee now, okay. <laughs> don't pee in that chair. Yeah, I, will. I know what you do on furniture. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. If you want to know what he did on furniture, subscribe down here and go to listen to Do It Absolutely, and he'll tell you what he did. Right, I got one. I got one discharging in a chair story, and then I really do need to go. Okay, okay. I got absolutely bombed like five years ago up in Fargo, and I was oh, staying at my friend's house, and I was. I wanted to watch Spider-Man 3 so bad for some reason. <laughs> and okay, my, one of my best friends was like, yeah, sure, let's watch it. So then we turned it on and classic me fell asleep within like two seconds. I'm sleeping in a literal denim chair, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fell asleep in my jeans, denim chair. Woke up the next morning, whole chair's wet. My pants are wet. I peed my pants in a denim chair. So I freaked out, <laughs> took my pants off. Ran downstairs completely naked and just crawled into bed with somebody else so that nobody <laughs> knew that it was me that peed in the chair. But they were like, well, your denim's covered in pee. My <laughs> denim's covered in pee. What the fuck happened? And did you go, denim, denim, denim? <laughs> That's good. It's me, Mario. Did you just pop out? It's me, yeah. Mario. Denim. Wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, fuck. Right. Good job, everyone. Love you guys. Bye. And with this, we'll pass.